Big D Entertainment, in association with Dipsy Doodle Productions, presents The Dave Holly Hour. Brought to you by Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th, The Sky in Tea, XL Chiropractic, Quality Nails, Jesse Moffat Entertainment, and Sonny's Pizzeria. The Dave Holly Hour features Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment Conversations. A true lover of arts, entertainment, good food, and fun times, including an occasional Jack Daniels. Okay, so a few Jack Daniels. Here he is, Dave Holly. Welcome, Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment lovers. Coming up, local film buff Brian Mensing returns to the show to talk movies during this Oscar week. Then later in the show, we talk to artist Hector Carreal about his graphic illustration book that tells the story of legendary South Dakotan Joe Foss. Great book. He's also a great artist, and we'll tell you all about it, and it's his first time on the show. Plus, we'll tell you who or what gets this week's honorable mention as well as choose another winner of Pizza with a Podcaster. But first, let's pop the cork on this bubbly little show. Time to grab your favorite beverage, lift it high, and toast it to being Thursday, a.k.a. Weekend Eve. Hey, the weekend isn't around the corner, it's here! So long, hump day in your frumpy way. We say hello to Thursdays with opening nights. The weekend is near and we can see the bright lights. Yes, Thursday, you're so hearty. We can't wait for Friday, so a day early, we start the party. What you're having to drink to toast for the weekend, Eve Toast, is primarily determined upon when, where, how you're listening. But regardless, hold them up high and toast to unexpected chances. Last Sunday's uh, snow prevented uh, my wife and I from going to see the fireball known as Mama Holly, uh, but it did give us time to see one of our favorites, the OG, the original friend of the show, Elizabeth Hunstead, playing a Sunday afternoon gig here in town. And it was great to see her. We caught uh, uh, a little bit more than her first set, had a chance to catch up with her. It was fantastic. So, to those unexpected chances. The Weekend Eve Toast is brought to you by The Sky in Tea. The Sky provides all caps fun, and that is best had with friends. So have fun playing darts, have fun shooting pool, have fun listening to great live music from local musicians, have fun singing at karaoke, have fun testing your knowledge at trivia, Maybe you need more room to hold a big company party or hold a benefit. Well, the Sky's big back room will fit that bill. No matter what's going on at the Sky, it's local and it's lively. It's time to choose a lucky winner of Pizza with a Podcaster. Everyone that follows the Dave Holly Hour on Facebook or Instagram automatically entered to win a free pizza from Sonny's Pizzeria. We pick a winner each week. This week, we say congratulations to Alicia Damiata. We'll be in touch with you, Alicia, to get you all set up for some jowl-dropping, show-stopping, thin-crust pizza. Pizza with a Podcaster is brought to you by Sonny's Pizzeria, right across from USF at 26th and Waltz 
and Sunny's at 81 on South Phillips. Check out the very fun and incredibly flavorful menu online, sunnyspizzeria.com. Sad note to pass along for Sunny Zoe. The dog Sunny, the mascot, passed away last weekend. But I'm sure there will be plenty of ways to remember Sunny. All right, so what made Dave giggle, guffaw, laugh, shed a tear of joy? Well, it was laughter and plenty of it. So, honorable mention this week to Old Town Dinner Theater's cast and crew of leading ladies. You know, my love and I have seen a lot of shows at Old Town, a lot of farces, but leading ladies has set a new, higher bar for total laughter. It was fun, fun, fun. No wonder it's a sold-out show. Well done, Old Town. Later in the show, caricaturist and graphic artist Hector Carreal. Coming up next, local film buff Brian Mensing on the Dave Holly Hour. Check out the new ceramic studio in Sioux Falls, conveniently located off Kiwanis Avenue on 5th Street. TJS Ceramics. We have thousands of classic vintage ceramic mold items and several new items, too. TJS Ceramics offers classes through the Sioux Falls Community Education Program and special open studio nights every Thursday evening. Bisque, studio time, or finished custom items are available. Visit TJS Ceramics Studio in Sioux Falls today. Helping women feel empowered and confident is what Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th does while supplying high quality clothing that fits your lifestyle, personality, and price point. Whether you want comfy and cozy, casual attire, or something for a special occasion, Posh provides quality, selection, and value. They carry sizes extra small to 3X and have something appropriate for any age. Feel empowered and get confident. Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th. Dr. Perry Langston and Dr. Corey Tooney know excellence is in you. That's why they provide you with excellent care at XL Chiropractic, improving your overall health in spirit, body, mind, and will. Get results the natural way. Arrange a consultation, 605-332-9235 or xlchiros.com. Excellent care for excellent people. XL Chiropractic, located at 4309 South Racket Drive in Sioux Falls. Support the Dave Holly Hour in a very easy way. Buy Dave a cup of coffee by clicking the cup in the lower left corner of www.davehollyhour.com. Welcome back, everybody. I'm going to say it. You know I'm going to say it. You will wait it now even, don't you? Where I start off all the conversations with, it is always a pleasure to talk Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment. Well, we're going to extend the Sioux Empire out to Hollywood this time. Oscars are coming up this weekend. And uh, from the Sioux Empire, though, he's a local film buff. Brian Menzing, who used to be uh, part of the 605, the Backlot 605 crew, mm-hmm. and uh, had a fantastic podcast. And uh, you and your cohorts were uh, guests on this show uh, a few times. I was on that show with you yep. guys a couple of times. Always great to talk film. And first of all, let's uh, get it as to what makes you such a film buff. How did it all start for you? 
for me, it's just the the passion and the love to enjoy watching movies. I mean, if someone says, if what I would rather read a book or watch a movie, I tend to watch movies. You're going to do the I'm, movie? I'm going to watch movies. It's yeah. easier to digest two or right. three hours versus how much in a book. <laughs> so based on that then, uh, what do you say to the people that uh, come up to you and say, well, the book was better? Oh, because there's a lot of that. And as somebody who's watched some movies that are based on books, that is 100% an argument, um, you know, for like me, for the sake of, you know, big franchises that I'm familiar with, like Harry Potter and Hunger Games and stuff like that, you know, um, or even like Stephen King's The Shining, you know, there's those books where you're like, there's the reason why the books are better is because you have that ability to go much more in depth in these pages that you can't fit or you can't there's no uh ability to represent what you're reading on a page on the screen so absolutely there's justification to say yeah of course the book is better um <laughs> i would expect it to be that's how it got to become a movie yep uh, absolutely but that's also the same instance where i also look at them as two separate mediums that are based off the same ideas because um, as the nerd that I am, like when I heard that Hollywood wanted to make Ready Player One, I've read that book. I, you know, the biggest draw to that book for me was all the pop culture, uh, all the nerdum that is Ready Player One. But I also knew from the sake of a filmmaking standpoint, it would be a logistical nightmare. Licensing, permissions, all that stuff. The fact that that movie, there's so much in that movie that is nothing to the book or mm -hmm. vice versa. You almost have to look at them as that there's a there's a common source, but take them for each for what they are. You know, you can have a movie that's going to be better than the book, but you're going to have a book who's going to be better than the movie. Or hopefully you look at them both and saying they're interpreted in two different ways. Enjoy them both. What's your favorite genre? Um, I don't know necessarily say I have a favorite because, you know, um, I do enjoy the you know the horror maybe not as much as maybe like Casey and Sam right yeah, um, they do love they their love their horror um, shout out to their new podcast um, but like for instance like action uh, I, I would say probably one of those ones that are more for I guess the excitement the adrenaline more or less kind of thing um, but I mean a straight up drama a, a comedy I mean I'll even say is one of my favorite romantic comedies is Sweet Home Alabama I mean you know. There's, there's, I loved it too. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon's amazing. Um, well, how so, can it go wrong? Yeah. So, I mean, um, that's one thing I think also makes me appreciate film, though, as well, is that there are so many different genres and subgenres and mixing of genres, you know, like really, especially like when scary movies started coming out how many years ago to mixing com right. to mix yeah. comedy and <laughs> horror to the point where, like, you know, just because you, you, you know, film allows you the, also that ability to say you don't have to be just this one genre. You can split it up. You can meld a thriller and, you know, a horror or, you know, a comedy and a horror for that matter or an action, but still be able to make a punchline. Yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, uh, the big word that's become uh, huge when it comes to talking about movies over the past couple of decades now mm -hmm. is the word franchise yes you know it used to be oh yeah well somebody has a sequel maybe and so forth uh but it, it's really going back to some olden golden days 
of, you know, Tarzan movies, things along yep. that line and so forth. And I, I just thought of, uh, you know, Rocky went five and then there was another one, that modern version, and now there's three Creed movies. So right. basically there's nine movies in that franchise. Yep, in that uh, little universe that they've right. now created. And, and uh, somebody asked me this morning, are you a big Star Wars fan? And I said, no. I said, not really. I don't mind them. Right. I'll see them. Uh, but I'm, I'm not this crazy go nuts person that... I have to put it on the calendar. I said, now, uh, when it comes to Indiana Jones, yes, right. I have June 30th on my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for the tickets. Uh, but uh, it is interesting how that uh, comes about and how that has brought such huge, huge dollars to Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And uh, quite honestly, I think it helped it uh, make it through the pandemic. Oh, 100%. I mean, there's... You know, there's smaller ones like I would certainly say maybe like, say, Batman's Nolan or Nolan's Batman, excuse me, mm -hmm. um, or even at the turn of the, at the basically 2001 when we start to get the Fast and the Furious and whatnot. You know, I really think that it was the turn of the millennium when we started to see the, that resurgence of the franchise. Right. Um, and then obviously exploded when Marvel's like, you know what, we're going to do this and we're going <laughs> to launch it to the moon um, because, I mean. You know, by then, you know, we're seeing, you know, trilogies aren't uncommon, you know, but they're like, you know, we, we have a, a beginning, a middle and end like uh, like Lord of the Rings when that came through and whatnot. But really, I honestly, I would certainly say is the the new version of what we consider a franchise or what these all these studios are turning. Well, now that we have a franchise, we can do this now. Now we need to make our own little universe, you know, almost like they need to be like, well, we can do the Marvel formula, too. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a matter of they're going, okay, well, you know, we need to look beyond three movies, mm -hmm. you know, because I mean, we really hadn't seen that really until, I mean, w the only thing I think outside of the horror genre, there really wasn't anything more than two, maybe three movies that we would ever get before they're like, you know, we got a, We got a first, our second and a third act. We're, we're done. done. Yeah. But you know, obviously like Halloween, Halloween, <laughs> um, uh, the House that Freddy Built, New Line Cinema with yeah. uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the Freddy, or uh, excuse me, uh, Friday the 13th with Jason Voorhees, Leprechaun, you know, really those like long standing franchises were all horror based until, you know, they're like, well, you know, we can do this other places too. Mm -hmm. All right. And you said uh, Harry Potter is a big one for you. Or... I would certainly say that yeah. definitely helped as well. You know, they, they made an explosive franchise off of granted there was a massive universal book books that they were still writing at the time they started making the movies but i mean you looked at it and you're like the books are big the movies are going to be huge right. warner brothers knew what they were doing then well, they and, may and, not now and you see what uh, you know beyond the movie itself has come about you know in, mm -hmm. in terms of the promotional items that are available it's got its uh, own yeah. little section in Universal Studios. Yeah, you know, it's just incredible mm -hmm. uh, what uh, goes along with the marketing of a film anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, it, it's, sometimes people say, oh, it's annoying, but you know what? It's actually kind of fun. I, I enjoy that part of it, seeing what is built off of, as you say, the little universes that uh, all mm -hmm. of them uh, have now and so forth. I uh, mean, so that's, that, that, that's what Star Wars, I mean, that was a big thing is like, true. You, know, you know, one of the things that made Star Wars as, as massive as it was, was licensing of toys. I still, to this day, I have my 1982 stuffed Kenner uh, Ewok. I have my Wicket up in my closet. I still, <laughs> 40 years later, I still have that thing. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a movie buff. 
That's for sure. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I saw you walked in uh, to the studio with your state theater sweatshirt on. Oh, I love that thing. Oh, it's, it's classic, too. And boy, what a great place to see mm -hmm. a movie. In fact, uh, most recently, just saw The Fablemans there. And uh, going to be uh, talking about that a little bit later on. It is one of those. It's up for the Oscars. Uh, but uh, what do you think it takes for a movie to become an Oscar-worthy movie? I would honestly say, I think, I mean, well, granted, we're also having to look at you know, the different subcategories of within the Oscars right, and yeah. whatnot, you know, not necessarily just what is the the perfect movie, the best picture, if you will, and whatnot. Um, so, I mean, I think it, 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 it definitely depends on what the movie is or what categories they're being submitted for, because you could certainly have a movie that is, maybe not the maybe you know just as the movie comes out or whatever maybe it's not the best well-written movie but it looks absolutely beautiful the costume design that you know whether it be computer you know the computer graphics whatever the case is so i just think it matter the 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 realism the authenticity the the amount of effort and um beauty that comes out of you know this form of art that we have the the moving pictures that we have uh, because, you know, obviously it, it takes a quote unquote filmmaker. Right. You know, it, it's not just the fact that uh, somebody had a bajillion dollars to throw toward a screen. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody and it's not had, just one person. You, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. You take a look at uh, the uh, credits anytime, mm -hmm. you know, especially when they even get down to the caterer's assistant and so forth. Yeah. Drivers, accountants, et cetera. You know, so there's a ton of people that it takes to make a film mm -hmm. uh who in your judgment is one of the better filmmakers or who do you give, give me like a uh, uh if you can't narrow it down to one give me a top five or something uh well i mean i mean even just from growing up you know i mean you look at people like martin scorsese you look at people like steven spielberg the guys that have been around a long time mm -hmm. um i mean granted the man hasn't made a movie in forever and i you know, unfortunately he won't, but like you look at like somebody like Mel Brooks, oh. you know, somebody who, who understood the assignment for comedy was willing to press those buttons 50 years ago. Um, and just be able to give us something that there may be some things that maybe don't, uh, uh hold up 50 right. years later. Um, but there are masters at their craft. So, I mean, uh, you know, it honestly, and I think that kind of leans into, what kind of movies these directors, these, you know, orchestrators of these films, um, what they lean into, because you have somebody like Spielberg who he can understand a drama. He can understand like a, uh, uh, action, action movie, yeah. excuse me. Yeah. Um, but like you get somebody like, uh, James Wan or somebody like that, who is more horror, you know, leaning driven and whatnot, something that James Wan would make, you know, for the conjuring or saw or anything like that. Um, he's not going to necessarily make the same kind of movie that Spielberg is, or even going back to Scorsese and, you know, legendary directors in their own rights. Um, if, if you gave the same script, the same, everything, the crew and everything to Scorsese versus Spielberg, you're still going to come out with a different, Two different movie movies yeah. because they see it differently in their head. Yeah. And of course, there were people like Hitchcock, mm -hmm. uh, and I still think uh, one of my favorite uh, stories about Hitchcock is the fact that uh, the book that Psycho was uh, based off of 
uh, he went out and bought every single copy of it in Los Angeles, so nobody in, else in Hollywood could have it. So then that way he'd make sure that he so could he'd make it? make sure that he could make the film. Uh, and, you know, brilliant move. And just, you know, crazy things that, that took mm -hmm. place. Uh, and I'm sure there still are crazy things that take place, but they're probably a little bit more... Um, you know, from one studio to another, politically driven. Oh, 100%. As, as, to, as to how that takes place. Uh, but still, it's always just a, a wonder when you sit down, especially at a theater. I mean, I, I do love my streaming services, mm -hmm. and I'm glad that there are things that I get to see uh, because of that. Right. But when you sit down, especially you go to the state, my mm -hmm. goodness, and sit there and, uh, you know, have yourself a, a big, uh, well, much more popcorn than you should have. Right. Uh, and just enjoy that beautiful screen and the way that a movie comes out. I, I just, it's such a thrill yet. And I remember I was. And they're comfortable seats. Yeah, yes, they are. <laughs> I was, How many times have you tried to keep yourself from falling asleep? Not because the movie's boring, but because you're so, so comfortable. comfortable. Yeah. I mean, it's a every other movie for sure probably I, I have i've had those instances where i'm gonna go like i need to go get a thing of coffee beforehand right not because get i think the movie's gonna be boring but because i'm gonna get so comfortable <laughs> in those seats oh i tell you what it's also great you know that uh, you can crack a beer yes the state yes i know a lot of people love that uh, i remember the first time that uh, my wife and i went together and uh, she hadn't been there i'd i'd seen a couple movies and she laughed as soon as she, the film starts and you hear all across the theater. And uh, just uh, was uh, uh, so enthralled by that. Uh, but, you know, talking about, you know, um, everything that's good about movies. I, I was very fortunate one time. I was at uh, when James Earl Jones was in Sioux Falls at Augustana College and then was speaking at uh, something later that week. Um there was a press conference and you could go in and I was fortunate enough to, to get to ask him a question. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I asked him, I said, well, you know, were there times where ever you felt, uh, you were just paying the rent and he kind of giggled about it. He says, but uh, you know what? He says, some of those movies got me to go to places I'd never been or never would have had right. the opportunity to be. Uh, and, uh, he said also besides that, he says, it's always a great date night at a movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, how true, you know. Uh, in fact, uh, the State Theater was the uh, spot of my very first official date. <laughs> many, many years ago. Uh, for uh, January something of 1979. Were you even born yet? Yes, I was. Oh, you were. Okay. January? I, yeah. Yeah, January 79. That was about three months. <laughs> <laughs> what was the first movie you saw? That I remember seeing. That you remember seeing. Oh, shit. Or had a special effect, you know, or a special event to it. See, and that's, that's the part that's funny is that especially, and I don't know if it was just, you know, and you, you certainly understand this, is that, you know, come from a different generation, obviously, pre-internet, pre-streaming, right. and to the point where, like, growing up as, as a, a pre-teen and whatnot, um, I lived on an Air Force base, you know, and all that stuff, whatever. Going to the movies wasn't probably as often because we had to go into town and that sort of thing. Um, so it was a lot of 
HBO, you know, two, three, four years later back uh, then, because right. you know, it wasn't two, three months before you sell your movie. You wait until HBO was months later or the VHS rentals and all that stuff um, to the point where it's like actually remembering going to the movies probably wasn't until I was like 10 or 11. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, like some of my favorite movies, like back to the original Back to the Future, Goonies, Ghostbusters from like 84, mm-hmm. 85. I don't remember if I ever saw them in the theater. I just don't honestly remember. Um, I do remember, because I happen to be visiting in town here before we moved back to Sioux Falls, I remember having the opportunity to go see Back to the Future 3 when the Empire East still had its movie theater there. Um, But yeah, I I wish I could honestly remember, like, what is that first movie that, that made me go, I need to see this. I do remember as a kid, I'm pretty sure we saw American Tale. Mm hmm. But even then, I don't even remember. Yeah, uh, I remember, uh, I, I guess, the first one. I know it wasn't the first movie I saw mm-hmm. down in the uh, Rapids Theater in Rock Rapids. But um, the first one that made an impression on me, and I still watch it all the time, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Well, it's because Willy Wonka will give people nightmares. They're, that that Willy Wonka is a beautiful movie that is also nightmare fuel. True. To the point where, like, of course, that's the kind of movie you don't forget. Daddy, I do not want a boat like this. Exactly. <laughs> but it was just, you know, I, I guess I loved the fact, you know, Charlie gets it all at the end and so mm-hmm. forth. And, and just, Gene Wilder's performance. Oh, amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then, of course, you know, the irony of that is that Charlie, the kid that uh, played him, mm-hmm. never acted again. Right. One and only thing that he's, he ever did. Like, I'm, I'm he's good. a veterinarian in New York now. In, in New York upstate, I think. Well, I think to, to, to like your point, whatever, uh, my, you know, for me, my, you know, one of my childhood, you know, movies that I swear I buy every version when it comes out, every five anniversary is Goonies. Uh-huh. And, you know, you look at some of those, which ironically enough, one of those actors is in the Oscars uh, nominations this year, um, is the, the kid that played Chunk. <laughs> he grew up to be an entertainment lawyer in Hollywood. Wood. Yeah. Which if you look at him, you look at Chunk and you're like, that is not the same person. Um, but however, the part I think is ironic about that is Key, who is nominated mm-hmm. this year. His Key is the one that plays Data in Goonies. Chunk is his lawyer that got him his right. role for everything <laughs> all at once. And I just think that's just, I love that full circle moment right. for that. It's always great when it comes back around. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with short round. (laughs) (laughs) Back to your Indiana Jones. Exactly. All right. Well, speaking of who will be the big winners, let's uh, just take it from the top and we'll go to the best picture. Uh, And, uh, you know, one of the things we talked about before we started uh, tonight was, um, you know, how come we don't always get to see all of the Oscar movies uh, in this market? And why is it uh, that some shows end up being best pictures Mm -hmm. and then you know a couple years later we've forgotten about them or we never got to see them and they don't even make uh you know cable tv right yeah the one thing i will certainly say kind of going back to what we've already discussed though for the sake of for the sake of our community and sioux falls is that's one of the things that for these movies that we don't normally get to see we're in a def we're we're definitely as of 2020, we're in a new a new decade of what does Sioux Falls' ability to get some of these things 
because the state now, right? Yes, because there are some of those little movies where the big franchises of Cinemark and AMC and everything else like that, that they're in looking for that bottom line. They're in to make a profit, whereas the state is a nonprofit theater and they're looking to bringing us those movies that places that right. give us the culture they give us the culture there are so many new releases that that the state has provided us oscar winning or, or uh, nominated or not to be able to say that if the state wasn't here to provide us that film we would never have gotten it in sioux falls mm-hmm. to the point where there's so much of a community here that enjoys film that probably would like you said is even if once it got to streaming and wants to get to buy Nobody around here would have even given it to two shakes because they it was never given to them as a something presented to them. Yeah. And so we are very fortunate for that. And you talk about the film community. I mean, mm-hmm. we've got, you know, South Dakota filmmakers. We've got uh, half a dozen groups, probably. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, the uh, teachings at uh, USF and places like that are increasing with film being part of everything now yeah uh we've got you know young filmmakers uh, sean baker you know and and uh, so that's it's great that it's become more forefront but of course sunday night will be the big night yes. in fact uh, should we roll the timpani oh boy oh yeah the 95th annual academy awards Brought to you by Pricewaterhouse, and hopefully they don't have one of those situations like they did a few years ago on the Best Picture. Because <laughs> I wanted that one to win. I was heartbroken. All right, Best Picture nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Banshees of Inishiri, Elvis, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, The Fablemans, T.R., Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness and Women Talking. I've seen a few of them. I've seen a couple. There's yeah. there's a, there's a few that I haven't had the opportunity, um, unfortunately. Uh, which I believe most of these, again, thanks to the state, we've had an opportunity to right. come to Sioux Falls. I mean, there's probably at least three quarters of these that, that we would never have seen in Sioux Falls if it wouldn't have been for the state. True. Absolutely. So, again, that's why yeah, I'm glad. We, we probably would have uh, obviously seen... Um, the Fablemans and uh, Top Gun Maverick. Yep, and Avatar, Avatar. and Avatar, and yeah. Elvis. I would certainly say, um, you know, that's where you know. But you know, I do look at this list, and as somebody who saw Top Gun mm-hmm. right out of the gate, um, asking people asking me, you know, hey, you know, that's a high bar. Thirty six years later that they're going to have to try to pull off and they smashed it and right. Yeah. And I, I have a coworker of mine and I was like, I would certainly say that movie is just as good, if not better than the original. Yeah. And he was that those, he was, those are, those are very powerful words. And I showed him the rotten tomatoes, but I, 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 I take rotten tomatoes with a grain of salt, but I also did show him not only the critics review score, but also the user score, which was in the you know 98, 99%. I was like, I said what I said, mm-hmm. you know, um again growing up with top Gun, top gun you know that that was a very high bar and i do think they smashed it but at the same time too you know for me it's a very well put together movie it definitely held up everything that it needed to for the sake of it the legacy that was built upon it 36 years before that um but it's not necessarily one that i would say is that i want to win best picture right just simply because you know 
this isn't take away from the sequel aspect of it and whatnot, but you already had a built-in fan base when you went into that. You already had built-in characters. All you basically were doing was um, giving us kind of a better version of what we got before. Yeah. Um, updated. Updated version, exactly, which is to kind of say in the same instance of Avatar Way of Water. Again, I saw that one in the theater, uh, 3D, XD. It's an absolutely mind-blowing movie. Um, but I think just for the sake of everything that they're kind of being compared to, it's a, obviously a box office smash. Same with you know Top Gun Maverick and whatnot. But I don't necessarily think that I don't want the popularity and the, the financial success of a movie to, to outshine a movie like, say, you know, Tar or, you know, women talking which unfortunately are ones that i have not seen but they're going to be lower budget more they're not going to be in the same kind of category as a massive multi-billion dollar blockbuster true uh and i was able to see elvis uh and then i also saw the fablemans mm -hmm. uh, fablemans most recently uh and you know basically an autobiography in many ways right of steven spielberg's mm -hmm. uh but still a, a very solid movie and, and you know just talking about you know how movies have come along how they're made and so forth i thought one of the neatest little bits of cinema history in there was uh when his father says how'd you get the guns to look like they were shooting <laughs> and he put a pinprick in them in each of the frames Oh, to give them, to the, give little, them the, the light, the, the lighting, and so forth. It's like, wow, okay. That it's was amazing just... what we did before CGI. Yeah, phenomenal. What, what did what, we, what did we need to do? You know, in, in pre-computer generated effects to be able to say, oh well, if I just do this on the thirty-five millimeter, this is how I can make it work. Yep, awesome stuff. Uh, and okay, so then speaking of filmmakers, let's go to the best director. Yeah, we have Mark McDonough. We have Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, the movie I have yet to see but want to, mm -hmm. uh, because that is uh, just getting so much talk. Right. And for so many different reasons. Uh, and, you know, our, speaking of when we've mentioned mm -hmm. Short Round, mm -hmm. uh, here he is now... 30 some 40 years later i think no, it's like 40 yeah 40, yeah, 40, years, 40 yeah. years i think uh you know that the uh, little guy uh is uh, now uh you know a big time and he probably thought his career was over in many ways i hadn't been doing much no i saw a round table um i want to say it's on i think it's for the pun no for a short round round table no they do make that pun though do they <laughs> um, i'm pretty sure they do uh no variety um does a like an actor's round table that they do on youtube that had like um it had key it had brendan frazier colin mm -hmm. farrell austin oh, wow. butler um a lot of a lot of these guys that are basically like oscar like being like looked at right now and um you know he 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 made mention he made mention about how the reason why he didn't do anything for the longest time is because of representation because he didn't he couldn't find a role that you know any he basically he couldn't get the work so he stepped away and whatnot mm -hmm. um but that it was his wife that basically said that you know if this is what you want to do you still need to try to do it and whatnot and you know and he popped he popped up you know in the last few years and whatnot but to finally be able to be able to get back out there with a movie like everything everywhere all at once um to really show you know hey 
I can still do this. Yeah. I may have I may I may have been gone for a while, but I'm I'm not going to I got be, the chops. I, I got the chops that he took, you know, he took that, you know, took it and ran with it. Um and I will certainly say once you do get the opportunity, I mean just again looking at this, um I can't say much obviously for Todd Field and for Tar and whatnot, but just for the ones that are nominated, I would go with the Daniels just simply because uh, the the best way I can express that movie other than just the weirdness and trying to even give you an idea of what the movie is because there's so much that's going on. It is like that, that weird piece of art to the point where you can go to the, you can go to the museum, you can go to the art gallery, you can see this. It doesn't make, it doesn't always make sense, but when you leave, you feel, you leave fulfilled. You feel that you have seen a piece of beauty and a culture and you feel so much different emotion that comes out of it that that movie is by far probably one of the best things that I had seen all last year. Best actor. We have Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell. We have Brendan Fraser from The Whale, uh, which is, uh, I have not seen that and I so want to see that one too. Mm -hmm. Um, And yes, while it deals with uh, obesity, it also deals with family issues too right to go along with that mm-hmm. uh paul mescal and then bill nye from living and here's an actor that's paid his dues and uh, he is getting a lot of good press on this you know it, i i agree which again yeah bill nye has been one of those ones that he's 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 at this point right now, I'm surprised they just haven't given him a lifetime, lifetime achievement. Give, yeah. give him a lifetime. There's so, and the, the unfortunate thing is there are so many actors, which you do look at this actors, actresses, um, or for anybody for any category for that much, whatever is sometimes you don't look at their careers and just say, you should have gotten an award years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, even to say when Leo DiCaprio finally got his for the Revenant, that dude should probably have been gotten awards a long time ago <laughs> to the point where, yes, Bill Nye, you look at him and be like, I, I if 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 say he were the one be the one to win, I want him to win because of the absolute deserving as opposed to them going, well, we need to give something to him here soon because it's that long down the road, you know, just the same as like. I'm glad that Heath Ledger got his Oscar for the Joker because it was an absolute standout performance, mm-hmm. but you almost feel that kind of like sometimes it feels like it was the post humorous. Right. Yeah. To. Uh, of all these, though, I mean, the one thing I, w- I want to give Austin Butler the edge just simply because, number one, Elvis is a fantastic film, as you probably mm-hmm. would agree with me. Um, But also his portrayal, his ability to not only become the character, um, but anybody who's listened to the soundtrack to that and whatnot. He's doing the he yeah. he did. He did all of it. And he did a phenomenal job with that film. Um ironically enough that same roundtable i was talking about he was actually trying to shop the idea of trying to do a biopic when he about a month two months before he found out that bobs was going to do one and he worked his ass off to <laughs> said i to, gotta to, be to get that role um so yeah for somebody who kind of the, the kind of the up-and-comer who's really getting a name for himself mm-hmm. i really want austin butler to really be able to say hey you know what you know i'm here i'm now you and I'm, I'm going to show it yeah all right. Uh, best Actress, Kate Blanchett. Uh, and then we have Anna Diarmas for Blonde. I haven't seen that, surprisingly. Uh, 
Not a Marilyn Marilyn. I'm a huge uh, Marilyn Monroe <laughs> fan. That's why I'm surprised I haven't seen it. Uh, then we have Andrea Miseborough, I believe is how it's pronounced, uh, for to Leslie. And then from the Fablemans, Michelle Williams. I thought that was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But then I'm also hearing that uh, Michelle Yeoh for everything. Everything, everywhere, all at once is just amazing. An amazing movie with a mouthful to try to get it yes, out. Yes, it is. Um, ag- agreed. Uh, Michelle Yao is just, uh, oh, I mean, every honestly, everybody in that movie is on, on their game. She is no exception to that. Um, I, honestly, I want, I want that movie to just basically win everything that it's nominated <laughs> for because everything that again that's probably again, one, everything. one of the one of the everywhere. most perfect movies All yeah. <laughs> um but as i was say with your you're seeing the fablemans um i i love the fact michelle williams just pops up every so often just yeah. just all of a sudden just yeah. out of nowhere just oh by the way you know she's one yeah. of the, she's one of those ones where sometimes you forget she's around until then she, she shows up but then she's always giving that a plus game yep it was knocked out of the park on mm-hmm. her part. Uh, we don't really have time to to go through everything else, but the one thing I did want to point yeah. out, uh, Judd Hirsch, The Fablemans, uh, he is up for Best Supporting Actor. And uh, I love Judd Hirsch. And I had seen, before going to see The Fablemans, yeah. uh, they had a, uh, I think it was either Willie Geist Sunday Morning or CBS Sunday Morning had done a feature on him about him being up for this and being in the Fablemans. And of course they showed a clip and so forth. So like, Oh, that's good. And then I saw him in that movie and it's like, man, he, yeah, Judder, she's, and then it was like, he had about five minutes of screen time. Is that enough to get a best supporting actor? So, uh, you know, that's that's where I I do kind of question some of them and whatnot, and that's not to take away from a performance. Right. It just obviously great it means, performance. It but, just means yeah, that whew. that five minutes must have been absolutely outstanding. Yeah. But you know, that's where like sometimes you wonder how much of the politics ends up in Hollywood and whatnot. Um, yeah, how- I mean, I I don't want to take away from his performance, or whatever, because if it's a standout performance and it's worth noting and and celebrating. Um, but when you get somebody who, you know, helps carry a movie like key in, you know, to, to you know, for the sake of everything all over right. once is I would, I would feel it would be a disservice to someone like key who is, is throughout the movie, throughout an entire movie yeah. who basically helps create this entire world and becomes a huge, massive part of it, as opposed to five minutes feels more less supporting actor than more of a cameo, if mm-hmm. you will, to say, Oh, yep, he was in here. But if you're talking, I assume it's a Spielberg movie, so it's a Fableman. So it's got to be, what, almost two and a half hours long, probably? It is exactly two and a half hours long. (laughs) To say is that, you know, again, not to take away from his performance, but I think a lot of that should hopefully be considered when you're saying, you know, how much of this is your five minutes worth in this one movie that helps define what this movie is versus someone else who is in three quarters of a different movie, even whether it even be an hour shorter. Yeah. All right. Well, we have discussed what we like about movies <laughs> and what we're thinking about as the Oscars come up. And, uh, well, we'll probably keep scoring our own minds. Uh, yes. But where are you going to be? Is it a, a thing you do at home or do you go to a, a big Oscar party uh, to watch the Oscars? Uh, a lot of times I've just, 
you know, do it at home and, yeah. you know, and just enjoying the, everything just from the, the comfort of my couch. Uh, I'm not quite sure what doing exactly this year here, but uh, uh, it'll be nice to see um, what all happens. Yeah, it's always a, it's always a joy. It comes up on ABC this Sunday night. And, uh, of course, red carpet, red carpet, red carpet for about 28 hours prior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. e-, e News needs something to do on Sunday. Very true, yeah. <laughs> All right, Brian Mensing, thank you so much. Appreciate you spending some time and coming in and talking movies as we make our way toward the Oscars this weekend. Absolutely. I appreciate coming on. Didn't be able to see you after all this time. It's been a while, and it I'm is. glad we ran into each other the other night by chance. Yeah. It worked out well. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And we'll be back with more of the Dave Holly Hour in just a moment. Ladies, when it's time to give your nails some love, get that extra special treatment from Quality Nails on South Minnesota Avenue in Sioux Falls. Manicures and pedicures that look great and make you feel fantastic. Zaya and Tony provide professional care for your hands and feet, whether you just want the basics or an extra special look with added flair. Oh, and guys, it's okay to treat yourself too. Quality Nails. Call for an appointment. 605-334-1463. Check out the new Ceramic Studio in Sioux Falls. Conveniently located off Kiwanis Avenue on 5th Street. TJS Ceramics. Bisque, studio time, or finished custom items are available. Visit TJS Ceramics Studio in Sioux Falls today. Helping women feel empowered and confident is what Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th does while supplying high-quality clothing that fits your lifestyle, personality, and price point. Whether you want comfy and cozy, casual attire, or something for a special occasion, Posh provides quality, selection, and value. They carry sizes extra small to 3X and have something appropriate for any age. Feel empowered and get confident. Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th. The Dave Holly Hour, like eavesdropping on a great conversation between two very interesting people. Welcome back, everybody. Oh, yeah. I Seriously, I've got to take some time off and just record it so I can push a button that says, It's always a pleasure to talk Sioux Empire arts and entertainment. Always also a pleasure to have new guests on. And But you know what? I also kind of think... Then it would take away from my fun of saying that. Uh, and it's definitely going to be fun today to talk to Hector Carrillo, who is a caricaturist, an artist, an illustrator, uh, and I just found out who's also in a mariachi band. <laughs> <laughs> Hector, how are you? Oh, they thank you so much for the invitation. I am pretty good. Thank you. Uh, great to have you. And it was uh, interesting because it was one of those chance type things. Um my wife and I decided we were going down to have a beer at uh, Wood Grain Brewing. Mm-hmm. Actually, she was going to have a beer. I was going to have a Diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> and here's this caricaturist as part of a little vendor fair they were having that day at the lobby. And it's like, oh, cool. That's always fun. And uh, as uh, we go inside to Wood Grain, then she says, so, are you going to go get a caricature, caricature? It's been a while <laughs> since you had one. It's like, okay, yeah. Sure. And uh, so did that. Uh, and uh, as I'm sitting there, you introduced me to the fact that uh, you have illustrated a book, Joe Foss, Fighting Pilot, American Ace, 
You wrote this too? Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. Written and illustrated I, by you. It's an amazing book. Thank you. Uh, the the mm -hmm. uh, the graphics uh, in it and so forth, everything just in, in plain black and white uh, is phenomenal. And a great read, especially for those of us that live here in South Dakota. How did you decide to do this? Yeah, it's a little story. Um, started something in 2016. I was... I received invitation to for Call for Arts, mm -hmm. doing some um, art for the new addition in the airport in, in Sioux Falls. As many people know, the name of the airport is yeah. Joe, Joe Falls Phil. Yeah. But for a guy from me from Lima, Peru, I had no <laughs> idea whatsoever who was uh, Joe Falls. So I, I thought important for me in order to craft my art proposal, maybe find out about who was Joe Falls. So I decided to went to the public library, library in Sioux Falls and ask for any book about him. So they are willing to find his autobiography, which is a very large book. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that happened when I started reading this book, it happened when you find a, a great book, you want to really end in, in, in the next couple of days. You, know, you don't stop to read. And, I, and that's what I happened to me. I, I found this book so remarkable, so fascinating. And I started asking my wife, hey, honey, how much you know about Joe Falls? Uh -huh. And she was able to tell me as much. So, and um, I just, and then I started asking more people in town. And unfortunately, I found not too many people remember him, mostly seniors. Right. And new generations, kids, zero. Mm. So I thought, oh my gosh, this is something so sad because he was a big deal a son of South Dakota who accomplished tremendous things and unfortunately unfortunately nobody remembered that yeah. so I feel like a call I had to do something with this is this that's is really important but if I'm going to do this I have to be a different way because mm -hmm. you know kids we live in new generations kids they're more care about pictures and videos so illustrations, and that's kind of what I do. I'm mm -hmm. an artist, visual artist. So how about make like a, a graphic novel, a story about Joe Falls based in a graphic novel, make more appealing for kids, for a new, juvenile. So that's where I start. Yeah. That's where I start this project. And um, I connected with um, a house publishing from Pierre, uh, South Dakota Historical Press. Mm -hmm. They're very interesting about any topic relating to our region or state. So I present my idea. They're a little reluctant at the beginning because never had experience doing a graphic novel. In fact, that's the first time. <laughs> and um, well, that thing was kind of slow, but um, and but they, they and then they answer uh, firmly and they say, "Yeah, we go." Move we want to move forward on this. Mm -hmm. So that's I started doing my researching, my looking for more information because it's a no it's a no fiction book. So I had to be very accurately regarding to the facts. No? So it take for me about a year, probably complete all my research and write my script. You know, English is my second language, and that is it was challenging for me to write a beginning. And also, I rely on good friends who are. A professor in university and an English professor on or and they were willing to help me to craft in to publish in my 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 
my draft, my script. And that's just the way I continue working with them. And the other thing is also you have to break in down the story, put it, make like a graphic novel. It's a different format than just write a simple book. So um, I start working on my ideas and my layout for page by page, like um, like a like you had to make the story like a, a stereo board, like a movie, so in kind of in that format. And also, I've been watching many, many, I don't know, I will say, I will exaggerate if I say 100 videos on YouTube. <laughs> From that time, I found amazing right. information. It, I'm glad they're still able to show um, for everyone on YouTube from the night, those times. And I watched, also I've been watching many uh, movies re relating to the, the, the war, uh, World War II. So, and then take for me about two years to complete all my pages. I always um, admire the first uh, great cartoonists uh, or uh, graphic novel artists from Frosera, Motini, or Custer, many great artists. And I, I say, if I want to do something like this, I want to do it in an old-fashioned way, how may? Bad decision. <laughs> they made too much time. Um, but I love it. I love and I put a lot of effort and passion in every single panel I draw. And it's yeah. evident. Yeah. I mean, yes. you'll, you'll look at it and you can see that. So, yeah. my question for you you're sure. talking about the fact that you, so you had the entire text done mm -hmm. and then started the illustrations. Right. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. quite the endeavor then. Yes, no doubt about that. Uh, you know, I I remember I you know I never met the guy, uh, but I, I knew who he was mm. uh, because of Joe Fossfield partly. Uh, mm -hmm. And you know, growing up in this area, uh, you learned a lot about him and all the things that he did. You know, he was not just a, an American ace fighter pilot. You know, mm -hmm. goes into politics. He ends up being the uh, first. Commissioner of the American Football League mm -hmm. before it uh, merged into the NFL. And it's like, man, this dude was just, you know, all-American person besides all-American ace. Mm -hmm. uh, what was the most interesting thing you found out about him? What I love on him and kind of identify as an immigrant is about his, how hard he worked to reach his goals. He he never had any anything easy for him. It wasn't. Mm -hmm. He came from a rich family. He he grew up in a very poor family. Grew up in the middle of the Great Depression. He lost his dad when he was little, a young, and even he was no resources to be be going to study to be a pilot. Every it's always it's very expensive to be a pilot, and he had to find a way. And he worked hard, and he able to go to the air corps and be a receive his wins to be a pilot and then he will reject him because he was too old oh, yeah. at the time they look for pilots between 18 to 23 that was the range he was 26 so he had a he had a lot of um, hurdles to, yeah. to go through in order to reach their goals and that's just what I, fascinating for me how he uh, how he determination He's our goal oriented. He kind mm -hmm. he has all a vision to to reach what he he looking for in his life. Mm -hmm. Have you approached school systems um, about you know taking this book uh, you know into history like classes? Books? Well, not 
Um, I think I, 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 um, in my house position, I think they're working in this probably mm-hmm. eventually use like a textbook, which should be great because it's based on facts and tell about or history, no? Yeah. Um, but I, I, I still waiting for them what they decide, no? Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, I, I often wonder uh, anytime I'm out at the airport and I see that big statue, <laughs> how many of us that live here take time to read mm-hmm. uh, what's on that statue. And if there's more people that fly into Sioux Falls and go, who's this dude? And then mm-hmm. they take a look and start reading, go, wow. <laughs> uh, and, you know, there might be a great number of people across the nation that go, mm-hmm. yeah, Joe Foss Field, man. That, that Joe Foss, he was an American hero. Uh, and uh, like you said, you know, a lot of people around here have forgotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thankfully to, to you with this, uh, it's just an amazing book. Uh, I, I got it done in uh, three nights, I think. Hmm. Uh, very, very quick read. Uh, enjoyed every little bit of it. Uh, it was just so interesting. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned, you know, he wasn't given anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, this man worked hard to do whatever he did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's there's something to be said about that in modern day times, <laughs> too. Uh, but, uh, you know, the other thing that I uh, really enjoy about it is, like I said, the illustrations. Just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. This is, is such a, a great uh, book in so many ways. So tell us the award that you just won. Yeah, I just recently uh, received that email from my publisher. Mm-hmm. They say we're um, my book won has won um, award for the Western American Writers. It's a very knowledgeable, knowledgeable um, organization, and and in that category, a juvenile nonfiction book, and I was very excited. <laughs> And they just um, launched or they announced all those um, winners from different categories on on the Tucson uh, Book uh, Festival. Okay. And yeah, I was very proud of and very uh, grateful because I think my book is not about me. It's about a teamwork effort. It's many people helped me really to make this true in different ways. And I, I, I feel I can honor them also through this um, war. That's wonderful. Where can people get the book? Yes. Well, right now, you know, our, you can go either to um, South Dakota Historical Press. Mm-hmm. You can look. Um, also, it's available on Amazon. All right. And locally, you can go to Barnes & Nobles. There's also and Sandbrooks. Yeah, many other. Even if you traveling right now, you go to the <laughs> gift shop and you can find <laughs> copies of my book. They are really Happy to have copies from my book as well. Oh, and, mm-hmm. and uh, thank you for signing mine, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as, as well as, it, you see, we're sitting here in the studio, in my mm-hmm. home studio, and uh, first thing you noticed, of course, was the fact that uh, the caricature that you had done <laughs> of me a few weeks back, already in a frame, uh, because I didn't want to mess it up. Yeah. Because I know how <laughs> sloppy I can be around here. Uh, but uh, what got you into doing the caricatures? What is what? The, what got you into doing um, caricatures? Well, do you know, um, I very, um, when I started my archer uh, training, mm-hmm. I've been being exposed to work in different, um, different, um, uh, I would say, uh, styles or, or 
of different um, things, like uh, such as doing a portrait, a landscaping, book illustration, commercial art, and caricature. So um, that was worked for me pretty well because it let me work in different commissions. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing a lot of caricatures. I found really a good um, a f uh, source for, <laughs> for work. <laughs> right. And and I love to do a caricature because it's, it's like a therapy for me. You know, when you have someone in front of you and they know you're going to make it in a certain way, kind of funny way, some people kind of act so stiff or looking so nervous and... I feel like they are. They feel like they are nude in front of me. Sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> but I very nice. I kind. I, I I always try to make their looks just fun, funny, mm -hmm. which is the goal. No? Right. Yeah. And a lot of people forget that part about a caricature. It's not meant to be a portrait. It's it's right. It's a character. funny. Yes. Yeah. Well, you trying to uh, uh, identify some. Every everyone has some special uh, features or mm -hmm. phrases. Some people have a special unique nose or lips or the shape of your face, your eyebrow, your ears. It's a lot of um, stuff. And, and uh, yeah, you play with us. As an artist, you're trying to play, manipulate a little bit and make a little more either bigger or small, whatever. No? So it's, it's fun. All right. So the book took you a few years to put together. Yes. Caricatures take you what on average? Ten minutes? Fifteen? Uh, no, even less. Um, even less. Yeah. Okay. I, I found I can make... Uh, Obviously, a very fast caricature in about three, four minutes. Yeah. No? Obviously, I prefer to have more time to get to my, make more detail, more. But sometimes, and like I work in a lot of proms, you know, the kids they are so eager that they lie out and everyone, they want their caricature. So I had to move faster <laughs> in my hands and try to get it down as soon as possible. Well, mm -hmm. as, as soon as uh, my wife posted it on uh, Facebook, uh, a lot of people were commenting about it, and uh, it was fun to see uh, people that I we actually have as mutual friends and so forth. All mm -hmm. of a sudden, uh, John Gaskins from yes. the uh, Canaries goes, Hector! You know? <laughs> and and uh, I think Melissa Prostrolo also mm -hmm. mentioned you and so forth. And it's like, okay, this guy gets around then. Yeah. <laughs> so do you, I suppose you go to a lot of affairs, uh, festivals, and, and so forth to do that uh, throughout yeah. the year? Right. I I mostly work in my office, in my, which mm -hmm. is in the building in 8 and Railroad Center. Okay. Suite 310C. Um, but, yeah, some I receive invitations, go to companies, parties, celebration, proms. Right. And different events like that. And so... Yeah, i really busy. <laughs> yeah, but I'm happy for that. What age did you get into art? I was nine years old, probably. Okay. After watching my first Disney movie, I uh -huh. was in awe to see those characters. And for at that moment, I forget about play soccer or hanging around with girls. <laughs> Just be in my room and drive like a crazy. I remember I have, trying to copy those characters, trying to make my, look like a, my Mickey Mouse, Goofy, Donald Duck, no, the old characters. So that's where I started, and, and that passion kind of grow more and more. And I had a good friend of mine; his uncle was a graphic designer. Mm -hmm. And one time we visited his office, we kind of sneaky, and and um, I remember on his desk, desk it was a pile of different lessons from Argentina to teach you how to draw as a professional level, how to paint, you know? And I 
look for this guy and begging him, please, please, can you borrow this? I really want to learn. <laughs> I know so I'm like, what is the problem? Well, in my time, it was a big deal because yeah. you don't have a, such a thing like an internet. You don't have like a, a lot of libraries. Mm-hmm. In, order, in order to be an artist, you had to get some money to go to some institution, have some kind of mentor, no, someone. But find for me those lessons was my it was my dream, my t- treasure, because I came able to learn by my own like a so tough, and I that's a way I started getting more in art. Oh yes, mm-hmm. and so that's what all started. At yeah, time. I started. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know the the great thing is you have a wonderful looking business card too. Mm-hmm. Okay, because uh, my caricature, the ones you were doing that day, uh, black and white, uh-huh. uh, but some of your color work that you do um you know you have on the business card some famous people yes and it's like woo, yeah <laughs> that's intricate uh does that take just three minutes or no that's probably a little more maybe four no <laughs> no i i that is kind of special commissions for people magazines something mm-hmm. hiring me to this and obviously i take it for more than time i would say three hours no? Oh, Depends, yeah. Okay. It's our details. I used to do it um, um, handmade, like a watercolor acrylic. But now, with you know, with the technology, you can work in through your iPad and and your pencil and do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it that you enjoy about art and, and being an artist? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I define myself like a communicator. I really see art like uh, my other language to communicate people, especially brings awareness, awareness on something really um, even social aspect or more or something of you. I'm a very positive person. I like to uplifting people with art and um, trying to find the, the good thing in everything. And yeah, I, I am a communicator and my goal is when I had commission, I remember doing commission for Sanford Children's Hospital. I got six pieces uh, and one of them is my favorite. It's uh, located in the oncology department. Okay. You know, it's a serious matter. Uh, Very. Kids, children with cancer fighting. And I say, what can I do in order to bring some hope, some peace mind to people, parents who suffer and struggle with this? So I found make like a bridge, a, a stone bridge. And the top you see kids with some kind of illness or crashes on wheelchairs. And, and the reflection of the water, the same kids jumping, running. Well, uh, no? Oh, wow. And in the, the background, you see the castle and the like a path go up to the hill and the castle on top. No? So um, I heard from the nurses and doctors when they saw parents able to figure out the message, something there had uh, wet eyes on their interest because ultimately that's what we're looking for, some hope, no? something somebody can help the kids when they face severe uh, illness yeah. like that. You really put your heart and soul into your art, don't you? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah that's a that's mm-hmm. a good thing. Uh, that's you. what makes a difference as to mm-hmm. what it uh, appears as to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other forms of uh, art in terms of the medium itself? Uh, you know, you, mm-hmm. you mentioned you would uh, portraits, landscapes, uh, things mm-hmm. along that line. Do you do much of that? Yeah, some, I... You know, uh, people ask me for mostly what I do is book illustrations mm-hmm. is my main thing. I love it. Second hell, probably caricatures, portraits. Yeah. People have requests to. Um, I think I pretty much do everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think in, in Santiago, I I encourage to new uh, 
kids or somebody want to learn art or be in, the, in this career, trying to learn from the foundation. And the foundation for me means is learn how to draw for the human body aspect to working about, learn about painting, color, about perspective, about value. It's just many, many things. And like uh, the foundation of your career and then after that, you can you decide going to abstract or uh, impression or whatever. It's fine, but but it's better when you had a foundation, because I know many kids they want to be artists, and they doing something very fast and say I and make such a deep uh, comes in. Yeah, this express my heart, my spirit, and for me it's just kind of just money. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I admire I admire. Uh, abstract art i i can't do this i think so mm -hmm. but i i can see when somebody doing uh astral art and really know how to draw how you paint him because he had a foundation and they can move into all different levels so it's very important really to instruct yourself i i never stop to learn something new always i open to new things Mm -hmm. So uh, all of this started because you had uh, seen Walt Disney. Yeah, uh, we can blame him. <laughs> did, did you ever apply to be a, a cartoonist at uh, Walt Disney? And is it, well, no, I never had the opportunity. And that was kind of my start point. And uh -huh. then I had other interests. I'm more graphic novels for sure because I start. And then I go now. I start reading like a Conan, uh, Superman, other, no? Um, Flash Gordon, those kind of yeah. old classics, and I love to the stuff as well. In, in fact, uh, you're going to be out at the SuperCon. Yeah, I, I did. Yeah, you I went yesterday. Sorry, uh, last year. Okay, and uh, I hope we're going to be this year too. Okay, I, excellent. Hopefully, maybe we'll our buy. booths will be next to each other. Yeah, yeah. Please, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> that would be great. And I would like to take advantage of this moment to invite people, um, because my graphic novel will be exhibited on the Agustana. Uh, university and the center, the Western Studies Center. Wonderful. Um, from they asked me to because those pages, they are the original is there a panel from eleven by seventeen, and what you see the arena, you will enjoy. It's a different different. I will thing. definitely make my you way to see that. that book. So I want to display many of them and I'm gonna do my presentation, and it's gonna be exhibit open from I believe from April four to okay. the end of July. Um, and I and I believe and how the date is exactly. there a, is there an opening night? Uh, yeah, we'll uh, have a reception. I will post in um on my social media okay. more maybe more details. We're still working on the dates, but so far this kind of the time the exhibit will be available for everyone. Excellent. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, what's with the mariachi band? Oh my! I knew you were asking that. <laughs> Please, I'm going to sing. I'm, I'm not <laughs> yeah, going to yeah. ask you to sing. You you asked that I not uh, ask that. Well. But, uh, well you know, I, I am an artist in many many levels. I always like to sing into, and I drew uh, a man from Sioux Falls who had a he's running a, a band for many many years. And one time he um, listened to me when I was singing in church, and he was interested about my voice and invited me to be part of this. And that's what we've been doing once in a while. It's a hobby. It's uh -huh. nothing really. And now we are a band here. It's called Mariachi with Amigos. Also, we are available. It's not commercial. Right? <laughs> oh, you can find it on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. So we once in a while, once in a while we had uh, invitations to doing some 
some presentations. And do you play anything as well? Uh, no, I am a main singer. Just I used to play okay. guitar, mm -hmm. but I found very difficult for me to play and sing, and sing at, the, at same the same time. time. I hear that often from it's people. It's difficult. Yeah. I admire those people can do that. I, I had to be or, or playing or singing. Otherwise, I couldn't <laughs> both at the same time. Yeah. Uh, all right. I always like to end uh, with a, a couple of questions. Sometimes sure. the second question doesn't need to be asked based off of your answer from the first one. But mm -hmm. when you're not part of arts and entertainment, what do you like to be entertained by? Um... Books. I like to buy books. Mm -hmm. Big reader. I enjoy, yes, I enjoy yeah. Barnes novels. I spend hours and hours really look at those different um, books and buy eventually something I, I, I find interesting. All right. Yes. Uh, any other hobbies? Um, well, I don't know if we call hobby. Uh, photography. I love photography. It's my passion too. Oh my. Yes. I, I, and I love those beautiful sky we had in Sioux Falls and Southern Garden in, well, in general. The reason that uh, my logo uh -huh. is purple and orange is because of a South Dakota sunset, and it would have been about 1998 or 99. Mm -hmm. I was uh, working up in Brookings at a radio station mm -hmm. and uh, also had to do some sports, so went to a nine-man football game, mm -hmm. and the high school was right next to a lake at mm -hmm. 7.30 in the evening. And it's a purple and orange sunset, yeah. and it's reflecting mm -hmm. right off of that lake. Oh, my And gosh. this was before uh -huh. we had cameras on phones or anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but that, I can still see it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, we, we've got some beautiful landscapes. Oh, we have such a beautiful <laughs> sky. I love it. Really. No doubt about that. Yes. Hector Carrillo, thank you so much. Thank you, Dave. Uh, it's been me. a pleasure, mm -hmm. and uh, I wouldn't doubt if uh, you'll make a return appearance sometime because you yep. never know when I need another temperature. Sure. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> thank you, my friend. Right. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> and we'll be back to wrap up the Dave Holly Hour in just a moment. Comedy magician and hypnotist Jesse Moffitt's right. He can't play the piano, but he can sure entertain crowds with his amazing magic and clever quips. His shows always make the participants the stars, especially when they've fallen asleep on stage. Uh, I mean, they've been hypnotized. Are you the party planner in your group? Then you owe it to your group to make the event magical, even if it puts you to sleep. Here's how. For booking information, go to Jesse Moffat Entertainment on Facebook. That's J-E-S-S-E. M-O-F-F-I-T-T -T, or call 605-929-0964. From the Dipsy Doodle Studios at the world headquarters of Big D Entertainment, a 40-square-foot home studio in the middle of America, it's Dave Holly. Thanks again to my great guests, Brian Mensing and Hector Carrillo. And, of course, thank you for listening, downloading, sharing, following on social media and your overall support of this show. If you haven't so far, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Automatically gets you entered for Pizza with a Podcaster. Now, for all 170 episodes, go online at DaveHollyHour.com. As the Sioux Falls Arts Council says, together we art. As Arts South Dakota says, home is where the art is. As I say, put some art in your heart. Remember, I'm Dave Holly, and for me, every day is a holiday. The Dave Holly Hour has been brought to you by Posh Boutique, The Sky in Tea, 
XL Chiropractic, Quality Nails, Jesse Moffitt Entertainment, and Sonny's Pizzeria. If you would like to contribute to the continued success of this podcast, simply buy Dave a cup of coffee. Go to DaveHollyHour.com and look for a coffee cup icon in the lower left. Don't forget to stay up to date on the show on Twitter and Instagram. Follow the Dave Holly Hour on Facebook and you'll be automatically entered in our Pizza with a Podcaster contest. The Dave Holly Hour is produced in the Dipsy Doodle Studios by Big D Entertainment. Thanks for listening.